it's fair warning. Somebody gets thrown out. All things are ready. Come on to the feast. We're talking about Matthew 22 today. This is the Unscripted Podcast. All right. So, did you notice our thing is crooked up there? Our intro video? Uh, I wasn't paying attention. It was off center. I got you. I'm, uh, Ben's going to make us a new one, though. Ben's going to do a whole lot. I know. It. I'm so proud. I'm that just he's so glad here. we get to make Ben's list. Yep. You know? <laughs> so, if y'all want a Ben mic, um, just hit us up and put it in the comments if you think that. Uh, if that Ben should be added to the show. Um, so just to get it out of the way, this is kind of like, well, we'll just say this. If you've ever been called to work in the middle of church and had to leave, <laughs> go ahead and hit that like and subscribe button. Maybe that'll get a few more in there. What if you've had to show up? Do that next week. Okay. Just do it. I'll Save forget. it. You'll forget. All right. Write it down. Put it in your phone. Yeah. Call Jessica. Text her. There you go. That's, that way, she, that's the way it'll go. She'll help you out. Yeah, I was... I was. Uh, I noticed you apologized to her on the last podcast. About what? You do like what I do. It's like, yeah, yeah, sometimes I can get all, you know, I get <laughs> been out of shape. It's like, come on, Bob, you know. <laughs> no, you said, you said like, come on, Chris, you know, I get mad at my wife or whatever, and it, well, you know, it's it's uh, those it, indirect apologies, right, right, and and when you make it like all uh, live official, you know, like she can't get mad at you, mm-hmm. you know, the but I told um, I was preaching this lesson on um, instrumental music, and mm-hmm. I got a bunch of people that would would send me uh, or or after church would say, hey, can you see, can I have the, the PowerPoint sheets and everything like that? And the worst thing you can do is right after you get done teaching class at, the, at here. Is, oh, yeah, if you need anything, just uh, hit me up. Yeah, don't you know, I had to say, like, don't do that. Don't do this thing where you come up to me and say, can you send me that? That This is what it's going to guarantee. You will not get it. Right. Because there's going to be 98 people that's going to come up to me and talk to me, and, and, and it'll go after number three. I'll be trying to hold on real tight, but by number four, it's like, poof, yeah. I'm gone. But then there's, like, there's some good brothers in the brotherhood that – have like a good i guess regimented office times mm-hmm. and they're I'm like those <laughs> okay and they're like send me send me an email and i'll be glad to get you whatever you need mm-hmm. and i'm sure that they spend like you know a couple hours a week like going through all that kind of stuff we're like you might be dropping a transmission for somebody Man. on Monday. You know, and, and I'm going to tell you, like, some of this stuff, it really hambos you because, you know, sometimes I have gotten messages from Tom. You ever got one of the messages from Tom? Hambo, that's a new word. About like. getting coming to an elders meeting and you get it at, like, 2 o'clock. You, you check your email at 2 o'clock on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, he's like, sending it at, like, 6.30 on, on Sunday morning yeah, or something. Yeah, it's like, Tom, no. I don't check my email at 6.30 in the morning. We love our elders, but we tell them this to their face, too. And and so, but and hey, on live stream. That's right. So it's a it's a blessing, right? That's why yeah. the church works together. That's right? right. Together we're more. They pick up the slack. Amen. Right? Yeah, so we got a we got a pretty long parable, but this one's this one's awesome. Chris has been chomping at the bits for Bob a while. Says that. I, I, if I, it's like if I ask him three three times, ain't like you know your kids. Well, you know? it's like which which parable do you want to do? It's like well, when me and Ben were here, and I was like, don't do the wedding feast because I know Chris has been wanting to do that one. Did he say that, Ben? 
<laughs> Thank you, Ben. See, this is why we need a Ben mic, so that way Ben can chime in and bring up the average. Chime ins from Ben. That's right. From ben. That's what this will be. Ins. Well, hashtag hashtag chime ins from Ben. All right, so we're in Matthew twenty two today, and uh, we'll just we'll just call all the parables awesome, but this is an awesome parable. Well, you know, this is kind of an interesting. You know, the I noticed when you put the title up there, somebody's getting thrown out. I modified it. Did you see what I put on there? No, I didn't see it. No moratorium on evictions here. What? That's a that's a fancy word. No more what? Moratorium. That means no more. Do you really think? Go ahead. There's no more what? There moratorium means that like we're not going to do it right now. You know, oh. like like if you're you kids, really think that there's fancy people that listen to us? On, well, I want to make us sound real smart. I even wrote this little thing like we need to not use big words when a singularly uniloquacious and diminutive linguistic expression will satisfactorily accomplish the com- the contemporary necessity. Oh. I love it. <laughs> That's the most you're ever going to get right there. Yeah, we'll do the whole. Uh... <laughs> All right, good job. So, no, it, it's a moratorium is just like we're going to hold off on that for a while. Like your kids, like Liam, when he was little, like there's two things in my house that will, there's never a moratorium on, on spankings. Lying and willful disobedience. Yeah, right. Same in my house. So if you do either one of them two things, it's the woodshed. Yeah. And I remember when Liam was about, I don't know, about Case or Bo's age, five, six, seven years old, he'd say, if he had done something, he'd say, what happens if I tell the truth? Mm-hmm. I said, it guarantees you won't get a spanking for lying. It's, there's no moratoriums on it right now. It doesn't mean that it's off the table. Like, right. I, don't, I don't know where this is going, but it guarantees you won't get a spanking for lying. Yep. Well, the moratorium is is there's no moratoriums on evictions with the Lord, right? Yep. Somebody gets thrown out. So let's you want to read it? Yeah, that's fine. All right, Matthew twenty two. I love trying to read like through my microphone. You, you just know, read into it. I guess I need to put it over here. All right, here we go. And Jesus answered and spoke to them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son. And sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding, and they were not willing to come. Again, he sent out other servants, saying, Tell those who were invited, See, I prepared my dinner. My oxen and fatted cattle are killed, and all things are ready. Come to the wedding. But they made light of it and went their ways, one to his own farm, another to his business. And the rest seized his servants, treated them spitefully, and killed them. But when the king heard about it, he was furious, and he sent out his armies, destroyed those murderers, and burned up their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Therefore, go into the highways, and as many as you find, invite to the wedding. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all whom they found, both bad and good. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guest, he saw a man there who did not have on a wedding garment. So he said to him, Friend, how did you come in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the servants, Bind him hand and foot. Take him away and cast him into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. May the Lord bless that reading. 
All right, Bob. So why did you want to do this one so much for then? Yeah, I, I just love it. So what do you what do we want to do? Want to talk about it in context, like what Jesus is meaning in that day and time, and and yeah, then I jump see, over to like then jump into like some application for us today. Well, I think that's generally what you do with the Bible. I know, but but sometimes we go like wow, wow, chase yeah. rabbits and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, I think we just stick to the text. There's so much of it. Yep. All right. Kingdom of heaven. Chris, explain the kingdom to uh, the people. So, well, the kingdom of heaven, you know, far too often, you know, people think about the kingdom of heaven as kind of like the heavenly realm, as like the place where God's at. And now it's not the place where God's at. It's the place where our citizenship is. Ooh, amen. And, and you know, Matthew 16, <laughs> Matthew 16 and verse 18, you know, is where Jesus says, you know, upon this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of Hades or hell or whichever you mm-hmm. version you're reading will not, not prevail against, against it. it. And, and. And I'll give unto you, Peter, the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And so you're seeing Jesus connect those two terms, two words together. They're the kingdom of heaven and the church. Yeah. And so when we read the term the kingdom of heaven, we're not talking about heaven because it's not like somebody's going to be able to sneak into. If that's the case, then somebody might be able to sneak into heaven here. That's not going to happen, right? There's just far too many verses. Second Corinthians five ten will be judged based on the deeds done in the flesh. Hebrews nine twenty seven point another man wants to die after this the judgment. So we know that he's talking about the church here, and and here's some really interesting things that that we can kind of look at is that. The first thing I think about with this is that the kingdom of heaven is like a king who arranged a marriage for his son. Well, what is the church called? The bride of Christ. The bride of Christ. Yeah. You know, Ephesians 5, you know, Paul talks over and over and over again about the, the church, liking it to the to the family. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for, you know, yeah. died for. What You know, all these things over and over again, he uses it as a bride. And so we can see God's eternal purpose through this parable here that this was an arranged thing not that it was arranged in the predestination sense to where you know we've talked about this a couple times yeah or as in the improperly defined predestination yeah exactly it was it was yeah yeah that's a better way of saying it and and so we know that god had a plan for this wedding feast from the beginning yeah he was planning to Send his son, and and certainly salvation is going to be through Jesus. Yes, and so that's the ultimately, I guess we would, you would say, that, hey, that's the wedding feast. Ultimately, our, our destination, and so the Jews understood it, like in in comparison, because whenever you know when Joseph was betrothed to Mary, uh, you know that it's an engagement. Well, then that that uh, the man he goes back to his father's house, and they would build a room onto his father's yeah. house, and. Then he would come back and get the bride. Yeah, kind of like you know, all uh, these all these parables that Jesus talked about the yeah. wedding. And and and, and it wasn't it, like, it wasn't like you know she's planning all this stuff and what's going to happen and right and all these things. It's like okay, woman, I'm coming back to get you. Come on. Yeah. So like Jason Crumb missed uh missed Monday night supper a couple of weeks ago for fantasy football draft. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so I'm giving him a hard time. And there you go, Jason. So he he missed time with concerts. Well, he dropped his wife off. Katie, there so that she could uh, so that she could be at the student center, 
And that's where Katie wants to be. And Jason, I mean, Jason's always at the student right, center, you know. Right, right, right. And, uh, but it's no good if we can't make fun of him. Right. So so he misses one time. And then it's like, Jason, where, you know, what's the matter? Is Jason, you know, did he get in a car wreck? You know, what's his problem? You know, right. No, he went to do fantasy football draft. <laughs> well, he's he's with his coworkers, so really he's evangelizing. But I said, hey, Katie, I'm realizing this. Because like, it like got on to be like 9 o'clock. I ain't heard from Jason. <laughs> I'm gonna like, have to give you a ride home. Nine thirty. <laughs> there's no Jason, and like some students are down there playing games. Poor Katie by herself, and right. then not by herself. She's playing games, baby. But anyways, right. so it's like, where's Jason? And I said, Katie, I'm I'm not gonna pick on Jason anymore because he has literally lived out Christ, like Christ loving the church, him loving his wife because he has told you he will come again. <laughs> he just didn't tell you when. He just didn't tell you when. <laughs> And so he will come back. So really, Katie, I said, he's loving you like Christ loved the church. That is so funny. I, um, That's why I'm going to start loving my wife. Yeah, if my wife isn't listening today, I'm going to use that and act like I come up with it. Because yeah. <laughs> she asked me when I'm going to do something, is it Chris time or is it regular time? <laughs> like, I'll be back in a half hour. Is it like regular half hour or your half hour? <laughs> so, that is so good. Yeah, so, you know. What's uh what's cool to me is like so you so you got this you got this waiting it's a range and he's like okay servants go out and tell them that it's ready yeah and and, and what you see there is is the prophets yeah that's right yeah you see all this kind of like and, and and this is just the musings of Chris for a minute okay mm-hmm. so this isn't worth this is worth as much as your at half a bottle of water that you got there story time with Chris but the so you figure that the Lord, from the He chose Abraham and chose the place that Abraham's people was going to be. Mm-hmm. So He picks Abraham from Babylon, or you know, Ur, and brings him over to eventually His people, the Jews, would settle in this artery of a conduit of the world's trade at that time. And in Acts two, for example, you hear the this how hear we every man in our own tongue, men of Cappadocia, Pontus, and he goes all the way around, men Jews of every nation. And so what you get to see is by the time that Acts two kind of comes on the scene, that there's Jews everywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just all over the place. Well, you know, God could have chosen to put the children of Israel in a lot of places flowing with milk and honey. Yeah, but he chose there, and and so these guys are going out and, and they're talking well, about. Well, they set up the synagogues everywhere. They got the and we're going to talk about the Messiah coming. This mm-hmm. this David that's going to come and, and and hold on to hope for that, and and so all this stuff God is doing all this recon mission, so to speak, with his prophets, right? Yeah, he sends out the prophets that that can that can foretell these future events. These things are going to happen. They could that could leave these prophecies of the of the Messiah coming. His people. You know, it could be told over and over, there's a time coming. You know, get re- be ready. There's a time coming. Moses, from the beginning, starts talking about it in Deuteronomy 18. And so, you know, you're seeing this. He sends out his servants to call those who were invited. Well, who were the, who were, who were the first Christians? Well, the Jews. The Jews. Right. right. They were the ones that were called first. Mm-hmm. Not that they were called because they were the important ones, but that was God's plan. Yeah. That that was God's plan with it. Yeah, and what's neat is like, so you look at the Old Testament, like it's crazy. Like God's people, I don't know why it is, but like we always people just in general, we're just we're horrible, <laughs> and we'll stray away. 
And it's like, you literally, God brings, he parts the waters of the Red Sea and they walk through and they get on the other side and they start complaining. Mm-hmm. You brought us out here to kill us. It's like, did you not just see what he just did? Yeah, exactly. So, so he sends all these prophets to the people just to remind them and to tell them and, and all these things. But like, they they refused. And so I love it. I love how the Lord said it here. Verse five, but they made light of it. They went their own ways, one to his farm, another to his business. And then some of them seized the prophets and they killed them. Yeah, I mean, you figure worst job in history, prophet of Israel. Yeah, I mean, like if you if you wanted a uh, like a zero people today are like I'm a modern day prophet. Like, look <laughs> no. here, bro, you yeah. don't want to be a prophet. <laughs> you do not want to be that guy. Yeah. Jesus didn't even make it out. Okay, yeah. they took John's head and then they took Jesus, and so they didn't even make it. It was the worst job you could have. Well, here's the thing about it is that God knew that. It's not like this surprised him. Mm-hmm. You know how you, you, you yeah, because he's using this parable here, and and we're showing that he's using this from the beginning. All we like sheep have gone astray. Yeah, everyone. And so Isaiah fifty three. It wasn't like this was a surprise or something like that. But just think about what they're showing here. Mm-hmm. Who in the world wouldn't want to be invited to the king's feast? Yeah, right. Yeah, it's like okay. Let me tell you about the God that parted the Red Sea. Yeah. Let me tell you about the God. That when you when you struck the rock, water came from. When you speak to the rock, water's going to come from it. It doesn't, you know, what whatever it may be. We all we had to do was march around the walls of Jericho, and, and they, they fell. And, and so you think about this. He's using this parabolically the same way. Like, listen, guys, he's got a prepared dinner with oxen, fatted cattle are killed, and all things are ready. Come to the wedding. It's not like it's not like there's a. You know they're eating ramen noodles here. If yeah. you go to the, you 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 know that if you go to the king's palace, like I was, it's a social nerdy thing, but yeah, you're not I, getting hot dogs. Yeah, I was watching this. I was doing some reading about the ancient Egyptians and the Egyptians always when they would boo, do the like the little carvings of their pharaohs and everything. They said that was a that all the mummies that they've dug up look nothing. They're these big old fat lazy guys. Oh yeah, but they always carve themselves. They're not like have a six pack. Yeah, exactly. So, so the pharaohs look like me and you. <laughs> yes, and so <laughs> so so we could we could fall right in with them. Well, the reason why is is that because these are the guys that ate good and and all this and that. Yeah, so if you rich. go to the king's house, mm-hmm. you're not eating ramen noodles at the king's house. You know that you're gonna you're you're going for the feast. The feast, the feast. And and just think about just the blessing of being able to be in the feast with the king. Yeah. The, the, an invite. And you're you're of the elite people. You you, know, you ever met somebody famous before? Um, no, but Joe Brumfield has. Oh, yeah. On his Facebook, he's on there with Brett Favre. He's like, I'll try to make time for the little people. Yeah, I know. He, he, he's a legend in his own mind. Yeah, that's right. You know? He thinks he's so funny. Mm-hmm. But Courtney burned him, though. Oh, did she? Yeah. On that? Yeah, because she put I on there. See. She said, uh, I just saw it this morning, and uh, the she said, uh, is that one of your five? <laughs> oh good yeah, good, good. Uh, yeah. you gotta you gotta be at kw to know what that is yeah and so you know here you go the, the king has got this feast he he's invited those who subsequently you would you would envision be the ones that would accept the invitation yeah I, when so i was uh teaching hosea one time to to a little congregation and and like i was just leading the bible study just to 
I had like four weeks that I had to go fill in at this church, and so I'm like, hey, I'm just going to teach a little bit from Hosea and then just lead it to Jesus. And it's like reading these these verses from from Hosea of like, why what? is it hard to find a Bible ver- book and talk at the same time? I don't know. <laughs> Normally, I sing the song in my head, you know. But but uh, it just it just hit me though in my mind just a minute ago. Hosea, Joel, Amos. I mean Amos. In that some of the the words that were that were told, you know, to to God. And it's like, what or God is telling you know the these people, like this is what you do. Like heart, ver, Hosea four verse eleven: Harlotry wine and new wine enslave the heart. My people ask counsel from their wooden idols, and you just go through all this stuff. But I was reading from Hosea, and like how that God's people were like committing adultery on them, and this little like ninety year old woman raised her hand and she's like, I just don't. I just don't know like what you're talking about. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, that doesn't sound like something God would say to his people. And then I was like, well, if if you had somebody who was committing adultery on you, what would you say to them? <laughs> and I mean, and that, that's just pretty much how you had to do it. But it's like, these people, they turned all the time from him. Yeah, constantly. And, and, and God, as a matter of fact, in Jeremiah 31, 31 through 34, and Hebrews 8, 8 through 13, it's the same verses. And God says the same thing. Listen. Behold, the time shall come when I'll make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, not like the covenant when I made with them, when I took them by the hand, led them out of Egypt, for they continued not in my covenant. He, he goes on to talk about they were I was the husband. They were the whore. They played the whore with me. You know, Jeremiah is the prophet where God tells, have you ever read this, the story with Jeremiah's underwear? Huh? <laughs> so there's a, there's a, I think it's Jeremiah, it's 19... 20? I can't remember where exactly it's at. So the, God tells Jeremiah, he says, okay, take your, your linen sash, your loincloth. And he says, now take it and go bury it in the Euphrates River. Not the Jordan, right? I don't, I don't remember this one, but go ahead. So God tells Jeremiah to take his – somebody on here can look it up. and and the But God tells Jeremiah to take your loincloth, this thing that's closest to you, right? Mm-hmm. You, know, where do you, you don't wear your underwear on your head unless yeah. you're some kind of weirdo, right? right? And Jeremiah, he tells him to take his underwear and carry it two weeks. Okay, it's a two-week journey to the Euphrates. He could have told him the Jordan. The Jordan River is just right next door. But he says, take it to the Euphrates River and put it there. And then he says, go back and get it. When he goes back and gets his underwear, he realizes that they're just, he's like, God, what am I going to do now? He's like, that's Israel. That's Israel to me. I kept them as close as I could to me. I mean, you never never leave home without your underwear. Yeah, right. I mean, it's not like you... you where is that? 13. 13. Ben, this is... What, what did I call him? Ben? No, <laughs> the comments. <laughs> the Ben came? Chime-ins from Ben. Yeah. And so God uses Jeremiah's underwear to show how... You know, you, you may go to the town, and, like I come over here to church one night for an ice cream social, and I realized I had on one of my work shoes and one of my regular shoes, my tennis shoes, when I got here. <laughs> and, I'm really glad I wasn't around. Well, but you know what I didn't forget was my underwear. Yeah. And and Jeremiah says, that that's Israel. I mean, God says, that's Israel. Yeah. You take them over there two weeks away. I, I kept them near me all the time, but now look at them. He's like, well, there holes all in them. He's like, exactly. They're useless. There's no good in them anymore. And, and so this is what we're talking about here with this wedding feast. God has prepared this awesome way, 
and that he wanted to save every, the, the Jews, and then his plan was to save the rest of us. That's right. That's why Romans 1 and verse 16, much shame to the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God unto salvation to the Jew first, then also to the Greek. And so here we get to see this, kind of this doling out of what the, the Lord talks about in Acts 1 and verse 8 almost. And so you're seeing here that the king, they made light of it, verse 5, went their way, went to his own farm, went to his another. The rest they seed the servants, treated them spitefully, and killed them. Yeah. And and so then God gets furious with them. Yeah. I mean, so so they killed the they killed them. So but then the king heard about it, was furious, he sent out his armies, destroyed those murders, and burned their city. What is that? Eighty seventy. There you go. The temple. I mean, as a matter of fact, you know, in Matthew 23, 24 uh, scenario there where Jesus is talking about the, the destruction of the, the temple in Jerusalem and everything, he is, if you watch this, whenever God gives a blessing, like you read it in Leviticus or Deuteronomy with the conditional of what will happen without the blessings, it's like five verses of what the good's going to look like, and it's like 2068 with how bad it's going to be. Like, he, he really wants to drive home the point. Like, you know, when you tell your kids, like, I will break your arm off and beat you with it. <laughs> you know, it's not like a, you're trying to drive home a point real deep that you do not need to do this thing right here. And so what you see here is God with, with kind of his, his divine judgment showing that he's going to send out his armies. When did he do it? AD 70 with the temple, when he destroyed the temple, because that essentially – ended judaism that they recreated it but it's it was never judaism the same anymore yeah and i i think that in this is is like whenever god's people had gotten taken over and like went into exile and taken into captivity just because the only reason why i think that is one is because it's it's pre-gospel ad 70 is post-gospel mm-hmm. but but you anyways post church you mean? yeah post-church right mm-hmm. And uh, and so this is uh, so when you when you think about it, like so, okay, verse seven, the king heard about it. He was furious. He sent out his armies, destroyed those murders, and burned up their city. And it's like, well, the Syrians weren't God's army. It's like, look here, bud, God owns it all. Yeah, and, and he his, can use anything. He'll use hornets. That's right. History records that Babylon took over Israel. Well, they're right, but they're wrong. Yeah. God took over Israel, but That's he used right. Babylon. That's right. And so, you know, you go to Jeremiah 29, you know, when God's people are going into captivity for 70 years. And and uh, so, anyways, nevertheless, they're... The death nail is the, is the temple in AD 70. That's right. And, and, and so, so then he says to his servants, hey, all right, the wedding's ready. The wedding's still on. That's right. So so no matter how much you refuse to go to the wedding or, or not, or, or, or if you won't want to take the invitation... Um, maybe that's what we should have said. If you've ever had a wedding invitation and you just said, I don't want to go to that, <laughs> and you didn't go. Well, so let, let's let's keep going then here. Yeah. So he says, hey, the wedding's ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Yeah, and it wasn't that they weren't worthy. They made themselves not worthy. Yeah, they they their actions right disqualified them disqualified them. it's it's kind of like this idea of blaspheming the holy spirit right you know like i remember before somebody taught me the gospel i remember thinking that you know you used to hear growing up the blasphemy is the unpardonable sin you ever heard that before yeah and i used to think like well i'm probably gonna go to hell because i i'm i'm i question a lot of things so i've probably done that before 
you know, and so I thought, well, there's probably no hope for me. Well, what the Lord's talking about in context there, if these people that deny Jesus and are saying that this is, that that he's doing these things by the power of Beelzebub, by the power of the devil, and he says, there's no hope for you then. You know, you're just essentially blaspheming. Where, where do you think, does, does Satan cast out Satan? Is that what you think happens? So there's no there's no hope for you then if you can't really understand where these miracles are coming from. And it's the same thing with these people. It's not that they couldn't physically be saved. They just weren't worthy of it. They had they had disqualified themselves. Yeah, that's right. And so Deuteronomy 7, 7 says, The Lord did not set his love on you nor choose you because you were more number than any other people, for you were the least of all peoples, but it's because he loved you. And that's what Deuteronomy 7, 8 tells us. And so it's uh so the whole idea is is they weren't worthy because of how great they were, they were they were worthy because God chose, chose to make them worthy. That's right. And uh and so then but then their actions they didn't they didn't appreciate the fact that God was making them worthy. So now verse eight. Yep. Now verse eight is almost a hinge verse, right? Because now you get this is the from seven to eight the white space you know the yeah. the the end of the old the beginning of the new right and, and, all this was preparing the wedding feast and here's what I love is like verse eight then he said to his servants he's always talking to his servants yes you go to you you go back into the the first part of this verse three he sent out servants four again sent out other servants. Then they seize them up, whatever. So now it's like, okay, all right, servants, I need you to, I need you to just, I need you to do this. Think about that too. Like, they know the other ones didn't come back. That's right, right. That they know the what happened to old uh, Ishmael, you know, and and uh, or or Saul. Ishmael. Yeah, I was trying to think of. I was I was I was gonna say Issachar, but I was, it came out Ishmael. Last night I had Moses building the ark about fifty times. I could not get off Moses building the ark. Uh, yep. Uh, I'm so thankful that people forgive me for the little things that I mess up. But but here's the thing: is that you know really what you're seeing is these guys, regardless of the circumstances that came before them. So just think about this. I want to I want to I want to put a pin right here between seven and eight. Mm-hmm. I submit to you this is the end of the old law and the beginning of the new law. Yeah, Amen. Mm-hmm. And you remember in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, "Listen." They're going to persecute you. They're going to spitefully use you and do all manner of bad things for my name's sake. But you're blessed. But you're blessed. And just remember, they did the prophets prophets before you. And so we're not going to servants, right? You know, because what Jesus is talking about it, with this idea of serving two masters is like you really just are going to choose between one or the other. It's up to you. You can choose the slavery of the world or the slavery of righteousness. And you can't go into it with, you got to go into it with eyes wide open. And so all the stories that we hear, all the tales of, of Jeremiah being the weeping prophet, all the stories we hear of Zechariah and Barakiah being slain between the altar, all those things ought to remind us that this is not the best life. It's, it's not going to be the easy road. The retirement plan is the best. Mm-hmm. But the pay in the middle isn't quite what you're going to expect it to be. Yep. But... We're still servants. What I love too is the servants. It says so the servants went out. It's like it's the action. That and there you go. That's the commission. That's right. That's you know that's go. He says therefore go yes. into the highways. So that is a a command. That is a 
collective command with an individual response then. Mm-hmm. So Bob's got to go. Ben's got to go. Chris has got to go. Everybody's got to go. So he sends his servants out. And look what he does. It's kind of interesting because he says, go into the highway and as many as you find invite to the wedding. So those servants went out to the highways and gathered together all whom they found, both good and bad. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. So he goes out to the place. And here's something interesting. Isaiah 35 says that there's a highway of holiness prophesying about the church, a highway of holiness that no fool shall err therein. In other words, somebody's not going to stumble on, oh, I'm saved. Yeah, no. Right? You, you, yeah. Ha- you have to have this invitation. That's why Jesus uses this analogy in Matthew 7 that broad is the way that leads to destruction, narrow is the way that leads to eternal life, and few are there that find it. Find it. And so this highway of holiness, this, this right way, this straight way, you're not going to just stumble on it. No. It's going to come by invitation. you got to be looking for it. Seek and you'll find. Knock and it'll be open unto you. It doesn't say knock and the door's going to swing open. It'll be opened unto you. You'll get the invitation. Yep. And so what's neat, though, is like you've got, you've got some people who are like, we're like really good people. Like, and then you got some people that just made like a wreck of their life. I mean, Bob, I, I, and I know this is, this is Ben's, what, second or third week, Ben, month, something like, something like that. Yeah. So Ben's in his first month here with us, and we're starting to deal with, deal with some of our benevolence people again. And that's kind of a, uh, you know, a, a phrase that we use here, yeah. you know. But, yeah. you know. Just people that we're trying to teach the gospel to absolutely. that are in need. And, and and almost always they have the same stories, don't they? Mm-hmm. They got the same stories, the same train wrecks, the same. We don't. That doesn't discourage us, no. right? It doesn't discourage us, but but these are some of the, I mean, people that are, by and large, most all of them have one thing in common. They're homeless. Yeah. They have nowhere to stay. Now, I mean, Ben and, and Joe went picked up a guy the other night. This stuff was in a culvert. Mm-hmm. So, you know, these people have got these train wrecks of lives, right? But we they're still invited to the, we still want to give yeah. them the same invitation. Yeah, the guy who was in the culvert, I mean, he... He's just had his life wrecked with methamphetamine, and we're trying to help him. Yes, help him clean up. Yeah, and that's the whole thing. So, so both bad and good are invited, but once you get in the wedding hall, oh, there's the expectation. That's exactly right, and and it's the you know. So you go to a you better have your garment on. Yes, absolutely, and and you know I think about John ten. Good. I'm glad I, I've got one too. I'm glad you didn't think well, about the one I thought about. Okay, well you go to yours first. Well, I'm turning to John ten. All right. Well, I got start. I got to turn to mine too. All right, so uh, Revelation chapter 3. Okay. This is what I think about when it talks about, like, so he finds this old boy in the wedding feast and ain't got a garment on. Okay. So he says in uh, in verse uh, verse 4, he's writing to the church of Sardis. He says, you have a few names even in Sardis who have not defiled their garments. And they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. And he who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments. And I will not blot out his name from the book of life. But I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So you have you have some, an individual who came in to the church at Sardis. And he says, there's a few of you who have not defiled your garments. So when you come in to the, to the wedding, you're, to, to the wedding feast... To the church, 
when you come into it, you're washed in the blood of Jesus, and therefore you're you're arraigned in a white garment. Galatians three twenty seven. That's right. Know ye this that as many of you are baptized into Christ, have what? Clothed yourself with Christ. Put on. You know, the Spanish one says revestido. You know, you you reclothed yourself. Yeah. You know. Well, I thought you were quoting from the King James, so I was trying to finish up the King James. But yeah, so you've either clothed yourself with Christ or you you put on Christ. That's our wedding garment. That's right. And so when you when you're baptized into Christ, you're putting on Christ, and so therefore you have this garment on. He says, "There's a few of you who have not defiled that garment." That's right. And so he says that uh, that if you and he says they shall walk with me in white, for they're worthy. So if you don't have that garment, bud, you're in bad shape. And John 10 and verse number, thrown out. verse number 1 and 2 deals with this. Jesus says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door of the shepherd, I mean, he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. You got to come in the Lord's way. You got to get in his way. You know, like... You, you're, if he says go in the door, go in the door. There's no wedding crashers in heaven. No. And so no matter if you think the feast is going to be good and there's going to be a lot of blessings there... Oh, let's slip in the back door over here. That's exactly right. Many on that day will say to me, Lord, Lord, in your name, did I, and they give their list, yeah. right? Teach people and prophesy and cast out demons, do all these good and works. And really, a lot of those things were almost in the, in the miraculous. Yeah, absolutely. Like, these are amazing things that people would do, and it's he's like, depart from me. Like, I, I never knew you. And so, let, let, let's bring it home, okay? Mm-hmm. So, verse 13, verse, verse 12, 11, when they came to see the guests, he saw the man there who didn't have on his wedding garment. This old boy snuck in. So he said, friend, how did you come in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king, man, it's a sermon there. He calls him friend. And he still calls him out, right? Yep. The king said to the servants, bind him hand and foot, take him away, cast him into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen. So how are we called today, Bob? We're called by the gospel. Second Thessalonians 2 and verse 14. Paul said, we're called by the gospel. You're called by our gospel. And that's the same thing Peter said in Acts 2 and verse 39. Remember? He said, and to this promise is to you. And to your children and to A-L-L, to all who all, are called. Whomever the Lord God will call. And, and that's interesting that Paul would write the letter to the Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 2. He says, Paul called to be an apostle by Jesus Christ to the called saints in Corinth. Well, why is he writing them the called saints for? Because he's connecting the two. You, in order to be a saint, washed in what, robed in white, you've got to be called. And it's not, you know, this. There's a lot of people. Like I had a guy that asked me when when I was going to go into ministry full time. He asked me, "Did you get your calling?" Hmm. And I said, "I certainly did." He said, "When was that?" I said, "March fourteenth, two thousand." Why that? That's the day that I obeyed the gospel. That's when I was called. So the called here are the Christians. Many are called. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of people that are going to defile their garments. The same Greek word? What? Friend? Mm-hmm. Sorry, that's what I was doing. My one-track mind over here. Matthew 26, when Judas comes out to greet Jesus, he says, Friend, mm-hmm. why have you come? 
And so this this whole idea is, and so Judas was somebody who was in the know. Mm-hmm. And and I think that this is a pretty neat thing that that when you look at John fifteen, when Jesus says, "No longer do I call you servants, but I've called you friends." A friend is somebody who's in the know because you know the will of God. Mm-hmm. You know what's expected of you. You know the way to get your garment on. You know the way that you're supposed to keep your garment. Mm-hmm. And he's he looks at this guy who's in the wedding hall, and he's like. How are you in here without your garment on? And that's exactly what it boils down to. Is That's why the called are the Christians here, because you wouldn't have got in this place unless you had your garment on in the beginning. Jesus called Judas a friend right when he was betraying him. So everybody that comes in, they're going to get their garment. They're going to be. They're going to understand what's required from the get-in to, to deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow him. And this old boy took his garment off. You, you got you to stay in the garment. You got to stay in the garment. Hey, we appreciate you guys' time. Thanks for t- tuning in with us today. Don't get thrown out. This is the 